0: You're listening to Afton
2: Millwall, broadcasting from the beautiful South Birmingham. Set no sandwich. Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to Acton Millwall 642, part two. Uh, the uh, voicemail reaction episode in the wake, of course, of Saturday's disappointing loss, home loss, 3 1 to Middlesbrough. Um, now, we've got a good range of voicemail reaction for you for this show. Big thank you to everyone that's contributed and sent stuff in. But before we get into the the meat of the show today dear listeners, I do have to remind you that Achtung Millwall is the number one Millwall podcast and it's in partnership with Pundit Games which is the number one football trivia board game, fantastic game. Birthdays for the year ahead, great um, present for the, the football head in your life and just as we do in every show I've got a little teaser, two teaser questions in actual fact to give you a taste as to what's involved you got a wide range of football genres and subjects. World Cup, with today's questions, are both World Cup questions, but also included is uh, Football League questions, Premier League from various decades, uh, England, international players, you name it. There's there's a, a subject matter that will both um, tax you and hopefully some will you'll find easier than others. That's the essence of a quiz. Um, play for 45 minutes, 90 minutes, whatever you choose, against your opponent. Whoever gets five questions in a row gets a goal. High school wins, naturally. Um, So this is just a little... um, We're going to give you two questions just as a taster. These are World Cup questions. Um, So just to uh, give you a sense of what's involved in the game. So this is one of football's most bizarre moments. Luis Suarez turned into Iker Casillas in the 2010 World Cup quarterfinal. That was South Africa World Cup, wasn't it? Um, Literally saving Uruguay and taking the match into extra time and penalties... This striker, who was known as El Loco, took the decisive spot kick, scoring an audacious Panenka penalty. He played for a ludicrous 31 clubs in 11 different countries throughout his career. Um, so yeah, he was um, playing alongside Edison Cavani, Alvaro Fernandez, Luis Suarez, and Diego Forlan um, in that Uruguay side that, uh, in this particular fixture, beat Ghana 5-3 on penalties. But also. Uruguay against Spain in the uh, World Cup quarterfinal. So, um, El Loco. Who was El Loco, dear listeners? That's question number one. We're going to have the answer to these two questions at the end of today's show. Um, The other one which I'll give you, because it's on the other side of the card, so why not? Let's go for it. Let's live a little, dear listener. This is also a World Cup question. This is a big Dutchman who conceded a penalty as Holland went 1-0 down to Spain again in the 2014 World Cup. This time... He quickly atoned for this, though, knocking in Wesley Schneider's free kick to put the Orange 3-1 up. He later made the switch across Italy from Lazio to Inter Milan on a free transfer. So he was playing in a Dutch defence alongside Daly Blind, Bruno uh, Martins Indy, uh, Ron Vlaar and Daryl Jan Martin. That Dutch defence, that was versus the Netherlands, which finished um, Spain 1-5, Netherlands five. remarkable game. So a big Dutchman who conceded the early penalty uh, for against Holland in that five-one win, eventually for the Netherlands. So that's going to be question two. We'll have the answer to both of those questions at the end of today's show. So as we've said already, we're talking in the in the wake of Saturday's in the end disappointing loss. A strange game in many ways, as as was last week's FA Cup tie against Leicester City. I I, I said to um, Steve Lee in our part one show how hard I found it to categorise. Um, you know events on Saturday obviously in the end you only judge a football match on the result and that was a 3-1 loss so decisive loss but there was plenty of good stuff for, in that performance for me as it was um, with Leicester so it was on Saturday by a depleted Mill squad I mean the starting 11 Saturday Sarkic in goal back line of Brian Cooper Wes Harding Danny Mack I thought played well Saturday Billy Mitchell George Honeyman and then uh, in front of them Longman Ryan Longman there's Ian Fleming, Duncan Wattwine up front, Kevin Nisbet, who seems to be drawing a lot of flack online, as, um, as is the middle way, we do need a, a scapegoat. And um, if it's not Billy, it's got to be someone else, got to be Kevin Nisbet, I suppose. Um, so an injury hit squad, including Tom Bradshaw, was out for four to five weeks, it seems. And that really showed up in the game and in the sense of the help available from the bench. Uh, Joe Edwards, speaking after the 3-1 loss, has referred to the need for a bit of help um, signings. That means, doesn't it? Um, because the the quality of the bench includes kids basically. So we've got Bart Bill Kofsky, Barry Wallace, Adam Campbell. What's he doing? Why is he still at the Den? He's not. He weren't playing on Saturday. Uh, Brooke Norton coffee did uh, did come back into the side. Casper De Nor came back into the side. Ramon Essay came into the side, and then we've got uh, kids. Uh, uh, Grant, Nino Adam Malarkey, was just joined Sutton United on loan for the remainder of the season, down with Steve Morrison, down at Sutton. So he's no longer <laughs> bench-warming. And Lawson, uh, Shamar Lawson, I believe his name is. Apologies to the boy if, if that's not his, his first name. But it shows you the the thin nature with injuries and suspensions that are afflicting us at the moment. There's a, a, a terrific list of, or terrific in the sense of uh, completism, um, on the news at then you have a daddy injury list which no longer now includes Casper Dunor who is back and Brooke Norton who made tentative you know uh, ten minutes and fifteen minutes appearances Saturday. Um Murray Wallace apparently was was carrying a groin injury, we didn't we didn't see him Saturday. Sean Hutchinson's out, Ryan Leonard's out, and Marku I Marku um also out for a couple of weeks as this was published. Possible penciled in for a return versus Preston, that would be nice. And then you've got suspensions. Obviously, Savile's suspension will be up now, won't it? That would be the end of his suspension run on Saturday. Um, But we've got the likes of Jake Cooper on eight bookings. This was prior to Saturday's game. Murray Wallace on five bookings. Uh, Wes Harding on four. So, you know, the squad is carrying a weight on its back at the moment. And we do need, we hope, with the outgoing um, loan of of, uh, Nino Adam Malarkey to Sutton, we're going to hope pray that there's going to be some incoming signings because we we desperately need it so there we are i was left with mixed feelings on saturday don't know about you dear listener but i, I left the den feeling a mixture of, of hope and um not quite desolation i was entertained which i think is a big positive thing we'll come back to that in the course of this show um but also some of the uh the flaws of the squad were, were, were laid bare in front of us. So anyway, on to the um, array of voicemails. Thank you to everyone that sent one in. I've, I've tried my best to um, include as much as I can. If you do want to take part in these shows, do give me a shout on X. You can send me a direct message, dear listeners. Uh, just press the voice sound option on a direct message and obviously speak. You can send two messages if you have longer more to say than the two minutes 20 that each one gives you. Or if you want to send me, um you know, a WhatsApp message, please do get in touch with me. We can, Swap numbers. But anyway, let's, let's begin our first message, which is going to be with Jim Lucas. So, listen to Jim Lucas. Hi, Nick.
4: Jim here. Um, just messaging him with a few thoughts about yesterday's game against Middlesbrough. Um, first one I've sent in since the Cardiff game, actually, when I think I tried to give a fairly glass half full view of where we were at the time, back in mid December probably still feel the same way, to be honest with you. Maybe only half full. Um, I know that the period over Christmas has, has given some people a bit of a expectation, which is fair enough, I think, considering the number of points we are off the playoffs. But I think yesterday maybe just reminded a few people of of where we are, especially with the injury situation. Um, that's not to say that yesterday was, was bad in any way. Um, I think it's always, a good barometer of, of how you feel after a defeat, whether you're looking forward to the next game still, and I definitely am. So I think uh, there's plenty in there to be, to be positive about, but as I'm sure everybody else who's who's uh, sent one of these messages has said, a failure to take the chances in the first half, with a squad as thin and depleted as we've got, was probably always going to count, count against us, and, and that's what happened. Looking at the game, um first half, I thought, was the story of Joe Bryan, really. Um, Said to me, Dad, uh, after his goal, I think, if we can keep him fit, then he makes a massive difference to the team. And I think um, maybe two or three minutes later, he's lost his man for the first goal. And obviously, second half. He's at fault for for the second one as well. So an interesting player, really, Joe. obviously full of quality and talent, but fitness record is is questionable and a couple of lapses of concentration as well. So as uh, as unfortunately a few people have said to me or I've said to a few people before, there's a reason why these players play for us and they don't play for someone else. And maybe we saw it yesterday in terms of the two sides of of Joe Bryant, but keep him fit. I think he's, he's a good player for us. So hopefully they do. Other... Um, other faults, um, obviously Cooper should score, should go 2-0 up but it it's a different game, but it doesn't happen. I thought Nisbet was disappointing, to be honest, all the way through. I think with Bradshaw out four or five weeks, that was a massive opportunity really for him to, to show what he's about and, and hopefully show why he should be the, the leading striker for the team, but didn't see very much of that myself. Thoughts. Ian Fleming was really good first half, actually, probably the best I've seen him this season. Um, faded in the second half, which will be a disappointment, and maybe subbed off a little bit early. But I think he's getting there slowly, which is good. Uh, otherwise, you know, I think if you look across the the last four or five games, it's still a good return of points considering where we were early December. But um, yeah, you know. The squad's paper thin really. It's amazing how quickly it's got to this point where we've got as many players out as we have. Honeyman now maybe as well. Um, compared to, I think even Boxing Day, he was he was leaving players out of the squad that, that he couldn't fit into it. And now we're in a position where, you know, there's, there's youth teamers who, as nice as it is to have them there, aren't gonna really contribute very much. So yeah, interesting times really, transfer window water's halfway through it now. It's it's obvious what we need, I think. Um, I think we may have all, with Hutchinson's performances over Christmas, started to think that maybe the centre half isn't quite as needed as maybe we thought it was a month or two ago. But sure enough, injured again. Leonard injured again. It's it's clear that another defender's needed. But the obvious priority now has got to be that striker, that striker that every team is going to want. If he can pull off some some magic, then fantastic, but you know that striker, whoever they are, wherever they're playing, there's going to be a long old queue for them and we're never going to be at the front of that queue, frankly. So, it's probably going to go to the wire, I imagine, Um, but we'll see. I thought the manager's words were quite telling after the game where he said, we need help. You know, borderline desperation, really, I think. So, yeah, very interesting to see how the next couple of weeks play out, but... Yeah, you know, a couple coming back now, I guess with you know three on the bench yesterday who clearly weren't fit in Denora, Wallace and Norton Cuffey, but you know, with another week's training, hopefully will be. Savile back next week as well, so stronger for QPR, fanciest to win there, fanciest to win well as well. Could be the famous last words for someone who, as I said, is very glass half full on this team. But no, I feel, I feel good about the team, I feel good about where it's all going, um, but obvious there's still a gap in terms of where we are versus Middlesbrough who, you know, are probably the the full package and and we're not quite yet so, yeah, a little way to go but I don't feel too bad about yesterday looking forward to the next couple Um, and yeah, I think people are getting behind it really, some of that football in the first half I'm sure as others have said was probably the best I've seen for years, probably best since McGee to be honest, some of it Um, but you've got to do it for the whole game and you've got to score goals as well so I can do those two little bits then we're not going to be far off anyway hope all's well Nick Um we'll be in touch I'm sure with another glass half full, full view on things after a game in the coming weeks all the best
2: cheers huge thank you to to Jim there walking the bucolic countryside of uh southern England there as, uh, as he was sending us that message um yeah glass half full that's a good way to to look at things, in my opinion, Jim, a wise man. Uh, William Starsted if you're listening to this show, it was you, once wrote an article for a CBL magazine. Manage Your Expectations was a the theme of it, and I think as a Millwall fan, it is good advice. I read some um, highly uh, excitable comments from, I think, a younger set of uh, listeners and fans on, on Twitter, on X... Talking about Dan Ballard, we'd love to sign Dan Ballard, but if he does have a £4 million price tag, then we've got to manage our expectations, as uh, as that wise man once um, so rightly told me to, I don't think we've got £4 quid laying around listeners to, to bring those kinds of players in. Now, whether that is the true price tag, whether um, deals can be done, that's what we're looking to the club's recruitment team to, to do. Now, I can't believe we've got um, resources to, to really step into that level of signing. Um, it'd be lovely. Some, you know, and the talk of uh, the boy Gilchrist at, at Chelsea, where we're looking for some of uh, Joe Edwards' magic, as, as Jim's just alluded to. Um, clearly, clearly, at the moment, this is a, a squad built by Gary Rowett for Gary Rowett purposes, and Joe has come in. And is starting to ask them to play football at a higher level than perhaps they've been used to. Many of them. I mean, I think some are doing really well. Some of the football in that first half, as 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 Jim's just said. And I said to Steve in the in part one of, of, of this weekend show, some of the football we played at mo in moments, not across the game, and I accept you play for 90 minutes and not for thirty-eight minutes. But there were some really, really nice moves, some of the best I've seen in a long while, and I go back a long way, probably like you listeners as well. Um, Go back a long time, I can't think when I was seeing such good Millwall football being played. Now that's got to be across a game, and you really, really do need to bring players off the bench that can maintain that higher energy uh, tempo and um, affect a game in a way that maybe um, we just didn't have on Saturday. We've had some decent results in recent weeks, so um, we were in with a shower of having a decent result up until, really, we gifted goals. Um, not so much the first one. I think the first one was a well-worked goal, personally, by Middlesbrough. There were defensive errors being made. Um, we really did gift them the lead, though, didn't we, with, with uh, Joe Bryan. And as, as Jim has said, he, he's, a, um, he's a quandary, Joe Bryan. I think that um, he's probably the epitome of a player that... If he was any any better or if he was any more consistent, he wouldn't be playing at Zampa Road. Um, but yeah, do do keep in mind. This is my my uh, my theme. I'm probably going to put this theme into You know, shows going forwards. This remains uh, Gary rowett squad with elements of a Neil Harris squad still in there. I mean, uh, big Jake and, um, and and Sean Hutchinson, although he's out at the moment, are from our third division days. Murray Wallace. So you know, as elements, as as a sprinkling, a seasoning of the League One days, mixed with a Gary Rowett squad, and um, Joe Edwards is asking them to start to try and think about playing like um, you know the top the top teams do. So um, it's a big ask. It's a big ask. Big thank you though to Jim. Um, Let's move along now. Let's have let's have Joe from Chicago. Always enjoy Joe from Chicago stuff.
0: Hello, Joe from Chicago. Whew, that was just an ugly performance. Joe Bryan on that second goal from Boro. I mean, all the goodwill he built up and his goal that he scored. What a what a terrible pass and just gifting Boro that second goal. Uh full Duncan Watmore experience today. Love the guy, love the way he runs, but he has zero finishing quality in the attacking third. And you can see why. A team like Burrow was happy to let him go when they did to upgrade to some guys who can actually finish consistently when given the opportunity because Millwall should have scored two or three today. There's really no excuse when you consider the chances they had. Defensively, that was just really not great to watch. Uh, The whole discussion about effort at the end was really tough to watch. You've got Heavy legs, sure, but you've had a week off. You've got another week off. If you can't use these young guys on your bench, there's a real problem at Millwall. And that was the one thing that's concerning. When you split against Borough, it's kind of fine throughout the year, but it's not going to get any easier for the Lions, and I just really don't need another full Duncan Wattmore experience anytime soon. Cheers. Hope everyone's well.
2: The uh, full Duncan Watmore experience sounds like a particularly cheap end um, stripper gram or something like that, or maybe a you know some some kind of dodgy um, service being supplied in a place like Amsterdam, doesn't it, Joe? Um, yeah, high energy performance, but you know as we've said a few times, and I suppose you've got to include Watmore in. His, I, I've quite liked the energy that he brings, um, but it it, it is unfocused. <laughs> Um, this is the level that we are trying to move up from. Um, the problem, as we've just said, is that this remains a, a Gary Rowett squad that looks to play within the limitations of the squad. Whereas I am I, taking Joe Edwards' style as aiming to take those limitations and push them a little bit and so you're going beyond yourself you know um that will work some days and other days it won't i think borough middlesbrough were a decent side they they really really weathered the storm but if if that jake cooper chance had gone in big if instead of clipping the crossbar i st- watched the the rerun on youtube listeners i still don't know how you know you can miss from that range yeah obviously he did but if that had been two nil then we may have had a different ball game on our on our hands. Um, the high energy style that um, Joe Edwards is requiring, because we don't have any, um, you know, any any great players. No, there are no Alfredo di Stefano's amongst our Mills squad. Um, the best we're going to get is, is Ian Fleming. And I do think that um, he's he's doing better. I think he's he looked a bit more physical, especially in the first half. But the energy levels fade a bit, and we don't have much to to bring in. We don't have any Ferenc Pushkas to bring in. ...off the bench. So um, a few old names there for the older listeners. A bit of nostalgia for you all. So yeah, um, wasted chances. Yeah, yeah. Story of our our season. I've just been looking at the top scorer lists for the club. I think I described Tom Bradshaw in the other show... um, ...as our top scorer He's not actually. It's a a close run thing between Zian Fleming. Five goals and four assists... Versus Kevin Nisbet, five goals but zero assists. Um, I thought Nisbet did okay yesterday. He actually gets himself into positions, but the the problem, in my opinion, and there's a lot of people hounding Nisbet online now uh, on on X, is not so much him. It's it's the fact that our crossing and and final balls are not being played into him to finish. I think if you give him the chance, I think he will finish. Um, Tom Bradshaw is actually our third highest top scorer. Uh, Followed by Wes Harding and then George Savile on three and two, so um, that does illustrate very well our goal-scoring problems. As um, Jim and I think Joe has alluded to there, goal-scoring is a problem, wasted chances a problem, but that's the gold dust of modern day football. Where we're going to find a top top striker um, that others have missed. That we can afford um, answers on a postcard or an email, send them into the um, the mill email with your suggestions as to who might fulfill that particular role. Big thank you to, to Joe from Chicago. Let's have a listen now. Let's go, let's go, Aussie side. We're going to go from the uh the Midwest to Jamie Mack out there in beautiful
5: sunny Australia. Morning, all. Not going to say too much. Um, here in the Gippsland Lakes, otherwise known as the Australian Riviera. Um, a bit tired after watching the game at 2am, especially as I got up at 2am the previous day, getting my days wrong as do on sometimes on holiday. And to be honest with you, probably the happiest I've ever been after watching a defeat. Yes, it was disappointing, but I can really see where we're going in the future. For those that have been knocking Billy Mitchell, I thought he had a fantastic game, especially in the first half. And to think he would go to Charlton would be ludicrous. He's miles above that. Really impressed with the way he was playing out from the back, um, controlling the tempo. I think the biggest difference was um, the strength in depth that we really didn't have much to come off the bench, and that really affected the second half. If you haven't, got, can't make the um, the changes, then you can't really affect the game, and the energy levels dropped. Um, silly mistakes cost us the goals, but yeah, again, can really see where we're heading, and <clears throat> this is more exciting. Then watching a boring 0-0 or even a 1-0 win from a row side, <clears throat> I'm happy to lose 3-1. Obviously not every week, but um going forward, yeah, come on your lines.
2: Big thank you, Jamie, out there on the Aussie Riviera. I am not jealous one little bit, mate. It was freezing down there at the Den on Saturday. It was um, a mere of a journey to get over. I think I said in the other show, I'm going to so say it again well done to everyone that turned out on Saturday because um, it wasn't an easy day to travel across London. It, the, uh, the, 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 the the Illuminati behind roadworks and tunnel closures and railway lines being shut for weekend works combined to make it well nigh impossible to get to the den. And it was cold. Um, you do feel the cold more in the second half when things were going awry rather than the first half where we really were really playing some pretty good stuff. And... The entertainment thing, Jamie, is what I wanted to to pick up on from your message because I think the most refreshing thing. I mean, I, I think if unless we really have a dire run of form, we seem to be set now for perhaps mid to lower table respectability. the The bottom three in a division who are uh, Sheffield Wednesday, Rotherham, and, and the Queens Park Rangers. Just check that. Be I start talking. Yes, yes. Sheffield Wednesday, QPR, Rotherham. Um, 22 points for Sheffield Wednesday, 21 QPR and Rotherham on 18. They're not, you know, they're, they're far enough. We have a cushion enough if we can maintain a win every every few games to keep them at bay. The main thing for me this season is A, to get back that sense of enjoying going to watch Millwall, which I think in fairness to Joe, he's achieving um, the first half left me feeling pretty good. I know it went wrong, listeners, um, and you know you don't enjoy getting beat. But um, the, the the buzz of the football, the crowd were into it, and then it went went off off the rails. But um, you know, the, we, how many of us were moaning about the the dreariness of Gary Rowett football? Well, we've not got that anymore. We've got a, a team that's committed to going forwards. And you're going forwards with players that are not suited to that style particularly, but are doing their best. So you're going to leave gaps. You're going to find yourself with the likes of Danny Mack, who I thought did well Saturday, but he's going to be covering central field positions. So, you know, it's going to be a stretch at times, and you'll win some and you'll lose some. But that at least sends you back home, having enjoyed your trip to the den. And I think that's a massive, massive step forwards for me, personally, because that was the thing that was starting to gnaw away at me i mean I, I don't know what else to do on a saturday but go to Millwall. but um it was making a pretty bleak proposition um so yeah um i think that's a big big step forward jamie i make you right about billy billy mitch um i've seen these rumors i think says there, are, there are children out there that invent rumors sitting in their back bedroom expecting stupidly priced Signings and demanding. Them. I think I blame the Championship football manager, uh, FIFA generation, for expecting big money, millions of pounds signings, and um, writing players off to silly places like Charlton. Who would want willingly to go to Charlton? I know that Billy don't. Where would you rather be at the Den or at Charlton? um It's a no-brainer. So uh, I don't. I don't buy that one. Um, but we do want to see some signings fairly soon. Big big thank you, though, to Jamie for contacting us from the Aussie at Riviera. I'm biting my hand with jealousy. Uh, next up, let's have a listen to Lawrence Binney.
6: Hi, Nick. Um, Lawrence Binney here, uh, calling in after Middlesbrough 3-1. Um, difficult to know where to start that game, I think, because there was so much to be encouraged by in that performance. Um some very basic errors have have cost us um and painted uh painted a picture um, which will mislead anyone who didn't actually watch the game um first of all i'll talk about uh the negatives or maybe give some constructive criticism i think at the moment um given the wholesale change in style we are really struggling um maybe not struggling but i think we we definitely have some issues at the moment with um what to do off the ball um i think you could see that for our first goal in particular where um cooper goes into to plug the gap that um uh God, what's his name joe Bryan has left behind um and joe Bryan, rather than sort of going to when he's when he's caught up rather than catch up um, and and try and fill the space left by cooper has gone to the man that Cooper's trying to uh, trying to defend against, which has left a huge gap for them to slide the ball across for 1-1. Uh, for one, one. Um, I think you could also see, this is not directly related to it, but you know, Cooper finding himself in quite advanced positions shows you that um, our, our players are being asked to do uh, very different things from what they were under under Gary Rowett. Um I think also, in terms of constructive criticism, our final ball needs to be a lot better. Um, we are 90% of the way there in terms of process, but I think that final 10% counts for, well, it, it's the most important part, and at the moment it's very inconsistent. So, you know, you have a very good cross from Longman for the first goal, which goes out to uh, to Brian for a fantastic half-volley fi- finish, but then you also have... 20 or it felt like 20 30 times where we're in good positions to cut the ball back into the box and we and we deliver quite a flat cross or um or or else don't see the runners coming in from behind um to slot the ball in in terms of positives i think there was a lot to be positive about um i'm not being hyperbolic when i say that i think that is the best football that i've seen we all play um for a good 20 years um who ever said that uh, these blokes were a bunch of cloggers? Um, I think was being put under a spell. I think I think we we bought in cult like into this idea that you know these players can't play football or Middlesbrough can't play football. In you know in ten weeks or so, I think Joe Edwards has proved that that is definitely not the case. Um, some of the football we played today was absolutely delightful, and we dominated Middlesbrough middle, for long periods of that game. Um, special mentions to Zian Fleming uh, and Ryan Longman today, um, who I thought were exceptional. I mean Fleming in particular, especially given the tough time he's had of it recently, um, looks like a man reborn in that position. There was one one moment where he did a little back uh, back heel flick to set uh, Walkmore through, which you know, oh, if if Messi did that, they'd be talking about that for ages. Um, but he did that. I, I felt like a few times today. Um, Uh, and was absolutely, absolutely brilliant. Um, I'm going to talk about, uh, very quickly, going to talk about uh, the man who I feel like the fans may be turning on or or turning into a bit of a scapegoat, and that's Kevin Nisbet. I don't feel like Kevin Nisbet is not putting in the effort at the moment. I think that Kevin Nisbet is suffering from a bit of Steve Morrison syndrome or more pertinently, Steve Morrison that arrived to us from Stevenage in those first few months under Jacket. Remember in that Calvin book, um, uh, he, he recalls the anecdote of Steve Morrison apologising to a Wiccan player after accidentally clattering into him, uh, and Jacket rips into him at half-time and says, what the fuck are you saying sorry for? Um, you should be telling the cunt to fuck off. And I feel like Kevin bit is in dire need of uh, some of that sort of sage advice just a bit more tenacity, um, a bit more physicality, and I think he'll be there. But, you know, uh, that sort of depends on him, and and I don't know if, if Joe, Joe was is that sort of coach. Um, and on the whole, I'm I'm becoming convinced that actually if, if a player can't fit into that mould, we'll find someone who can. Um, very, very enthusiastic about the season ahead, again, despite a home loss, again, despite conceding three goals um i'm i'm positive um and i think i think uh, the next half of the season we'll see us comfortably top half if we can maintain this sort of performance cheers nick bye
3: hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank I've
2: invented a nickname for what we want to see from Kevin Nisbet. That is Nasty Nisbet. We want to see Nasty Nisbet. Huge thank you to Lawrence for that That good summary and I agree with it Lawrence. Um, Kevin Nisbet I think is a good player. I think that um, some of his flick headers on uh, on Saturday uh, and his intelligence in passing um, were evident if you've anyone that wants to see it. I'm going to discount the, the nonsense that I see on, on Twitter and on X because Um, I think where the player is falling short, as you've just said, is the physicality side, that imposition of yourself on a game and making stuff happen. Nasty Nisbet is what we want to see. If you're listening to the show, Kevin, um, and I think from what I've seen of um, some of Joe Edwards' approach in in games like uh, Norwich and Queen's Park Rangers, I don't think he's afraid of going toe-to-toe. Now, obviously, the modern game doesn't let you Mix it like you see on the nostalgia clips of the 70s, the ones that I love to watch. Um, you can't do that because you'll get yellow carded and red carded. But there's a certain toleration for the tackle and imposing yourself physically on a game. That's what we've got to do, and that's what Kevin bit has got to do. Nasty Nis, nasty Nis. There's a new nickname for you, Kevin. Um, I'll make you right about Zian Fleming, especially in the first half. I mean, there was a flying move, and I don't, can't remember now, as I'm talking to you all, dear listeners, whether I included it in my live clips that I, I put together but there was one flowing move um, that lifted me out of my seat um, you know I, th- I thought it was a really really beautiful thing to behold, it was a movement from from uh, the back to the front, nice passing I think it was where Watmore went um, was pushed just slightly sideways and shot into the side netting, may have hit the goalkeeper, he hit the goalkeeper for a left sided corner, but it was a beautiful move um, and as I've said a few times, I shall say it again because what the hell is my show? I say the same things over and over if I like. Um, it's the best football. Some of it was the best football I've seen in a long time. And I'm going back to Bruce Rioch's early days in 1991-2, um, McCarthy era. You know, when when he first took over, the, the football at that point was the best football I think I can say as a Millwall fan I've ever seen. And this is harking in that direction, if that's such a thing. Um, the idea that Jake Cooper is going to get forwards and into advanced positions is is, is a, there's an inbuilt humour in it. Um, whether the likes of, of Jake are long-term plans, because our main priority for Joe, I think, will be to survive to the end of the season in this league and then look to rebuild uh, a team in his image. It'll be interesting to see what signings we make, Presume we make signings, to see what comes in, because these will should be players that can play the style of football that Joe Edwards is setting, whereas, as we've said a few times, this is a Gary Rowett squad still being asked to do more than Gary Rowett would ever dream of in his wildest, wildest private dreams in the depths of the night. Let's have a listen now to, to Simon Fay.
7: Hi Nick, um, Simon Fay just checking in after the uh, Millwall versus Millersburg game. Um, let's start with the positives. I um, thought we actually played well today. Um, got forward, passing forward, did really well. Brian getting well down the wing along with Longman. Actually put in some decent balls. If only we had a striker that could, if only we had a striker that could finish Nick, we would have been 4 0 up at half time. But then Borough then show what happens if you have a clinical striker and you're given guiltless chances and you put them away. I mean in the second half you can't legislate for, you can't legislate for that defensive mistake from Brian. <laughs> Even I could have put that one away, to be fair. Um, We huffed and we puffed. Um, Thought we still did quite well in a tight game. Joe Edwards talks about moments. Well, we had moments today where we made mistakes and they were punished. And they made mistakes and we didn't punish them. But still, there you go. There's the Sky Sports news again. It must be me. Um, still on to QPR yeah. come on you lines
2: big thank you Simon I can tell because I was in that raw cold of uh, South Bermondsey myself on Saturday and I could hear it in your voice mate so big thank you for, for sending that today um, yeah uh, clinical finishing um, that's what money buys you it. I'm hoping that we have some form of list or agenda of Players to address that issue because, as you say, you're right. I mean, unless we can develop this nasty Niz that we've just been talking about, um we, you know, even nasty Niz will need backup. We've got Tom Bradshaw out of the game now for for four weeks. I don't know that we've got any other strikers. I mean, other than other than kids, so we need to find someone somewhere. Um, this may well be a moment for uh, Joe's Chelsea and uh, Premier League. Contact book to come into play and maybe make that one of the one of the moments we we need we certainly need to liven up on the on the uh, goal scoring front if we can do that alone. Um, I think the criticisms across the the squad, if you want to be picky, I mean, uh, we've mentioned um, Wes Hard uh, Jake Cooper Wes Harding. I think you know you can always look to improve central defensive positions, and I think both of those players will probably uh, expect to be improved upon given. Um, the close season, you know, at the end of the season. Um but yeah, um some of our moves on Saturday were pretty good. I mean we broke from midfield a few times with pace and power. Um as ever, quality is what you know we've just been talking about throughout the whole show really, but the quality lets you down. But I thought there were moments when we looked pretty powerful in that first half. It's maintaining it that's gonna be gonna be the problem. So a huge thank you to, to Simon for sending that. Um, let's have a listen now to, to Matt Richards. Let's go with Matt Richards.
8: Hi, Nick. It's Matt Richards. Um, yeah, really disappointed, mate. Um, it's just just been thinking. And it's like we, we've got to put it into some sort of context. The players we've got out injured, makeshift defence. You know, Danny, Danny Mack isn't a central defender. So, you know, what's cost us today, obviously, is... is in the main is um stupid mistakes you know, poor defending uh, the last goal we can't really you know the game have gone it's only like minutes ago but obviously the second goal was horrendous you know lack of poor concentration poor execution um and the first goal was you know non-existent defending you know they're queuing up at the back post to just tap it in really i don't know who who's supposed to be tracking back um but that's that's how i'm kind of putting it down to really is is, is, is that, yeah, I mean, there's other things as well, Yeah, we the amount of chances, or, we got into good positions, I mean, the the football we played in the first half, I think everybody, will agree, with some of the, you know, some superb stuff, some of the passing from the back, through the lines, there's little touches, little flicks, beautiful stuff, you know, okay, it was breaking down a lot of times, when we got into, near the area, similar to, against Leicester really, in the cup, um, but it was really good. It was almost too good. You're kind of thinking, look, if we don't score, you know, because the goal, the first goal was really good goal, good finish. But you, it's one of those games, typical games, where if you're not scoring another one, then you think, oh, hang on a second. Cooper hitting the bar. What more? You know, he had, a, he had a really good chance. But I thought he should have hit it perhaps a bit sooner. And then, you know, the writing was on the wall. They'd had a couple of chances just before then. Um, Sarkis had a save and the other one of the players just couldn't get out of his feet. And... We were the better team, but they were still creating chances, and um, yeah, they punished us. And yeah, second half, after Brian's error, um, I don't, we just didn't look like scoring. Second half, really, we just couldn't get through them. They just sat back, not so much sat back, but they were in really good shape, and we just couldn't couldn't get. Yeah, we, we got we got down the right a few times to get crosses in, but they weren't hitting the man. Um, I don't think there's enough presence in the box So when we get the crosses in Okay, so the crosses can be better But There's only one player in In this bit And that's it And it's It's Anyway It's just really frustrating Because It's just frustrating <laughs> It's just frustrating Because we played well And we we're on a good run And that's You know Probably 3-1 is probably not a fair result really um, But they, they took the chances We gave them And um we didn't score anymore, so um, that's it. So yeah, feeling deflated really. Um, but I'm thinking about next week that you know if we can if we can play with the same sort of vim and um, that we did in the in the first half and get a couple of players back, you know, the bench is looking, you know, players coming back on the bench. Uh, there's no reason why we can't beat QPR. I'm really kind of quite confident about that. So that's the one I'm going to finish off. Is depressing, disappointing result, but. You know, Let's look ahead to next week and let's get three points on the
2: road. Cheers, Nick. See you, mate. Bye. Cheers, Matt. Um, yeah, QPR away is looking like a really, really big fixture. Um, I think we've got to expect, no matter how thin our squad is at the moment, we should have enough in us going by recent performances to go there with an expectation that we're going to come back along the uh, the central line, back into town with three points in our collective bins because um, they are adrift at the moment I think did I say 21 points earlier on I've taken the uh, table off my phone now so I think they were second from bottom with 21 points and Sheffield Wednesday on 22 but they're some way adrift at the, in the bottom three at the moment we want to consolidate them being in that bottom three and we want to you know boost ourselves towards mid to lower mid table respectability that's where I think our season lies there was brief heady talk giddy talk might I say listeners I fell into it I start talking giddy when I get carried away um, of playoff runs I think we've got to put that out of our head unless we can find a goal scorer that's consistently whether that's nasty Niz, this new alter ego that we're inventing for for Kirby Nisbet or whether it's going to be some hot hot shot prospect from one of the Premier League sides that comes in to learn his trade at, at uh, South Bermondsey. Um, we don't know, we don't know. But Middlesbrough did set the bar. That's the kind of level that's, that we've got to try and aspire to if we want to survive in this league. If you want to have any aspiration whatsoever towards the top six, you've got to have goal-scoring ability. You can probably get away to some extent with lesser lights in the um, you know the defensive and midfield areas to some extent, but there's no substitute for goal-scoring quality. We've seen that no end of times with teams doing well remember Fulham was it Mitrovic um, when he was on fire in our championship division um, you need something or somebody like that to score goals big time so um, and as Joe Edwards rightly said yeah is not not an exact quote words to the effect of that we don't want to be a, the side or a side that everyone coos over but we don't win football matches so yeah I think everything that we're saying across this whole show is going to be well apparent to Joe Edwards big thank you to to Matt Rich there that's going to go now to another the second Matt two Matts in a row Matt Webb hi Nick Matt
1: Webb here um I'm hoping I've got this in time um uh for the uh the edit but um yeah just my thoughts on yesterday's game uh, against Middlesbrough um I thought I'd give myself a bit of time to calm down I would say because I was going to make a leave a voicemail straight after the game, but I'm too probably a little bit emotionally hyped up. I think uh, about the actual result. So, first and foremost, I think yesterday's game indicates that we need to strengthen the squad. Um, we, we're so light. It's you know you got you got some youngsters on the bench who are not definitely not in sort of like the mindset of Joe Edwards. It doesn't it doesn't seem. Um, but yeah, now with uh, probably looks like a couple of more injuries down. Bradshaw out for five weeks. We we need to we need to invest in the next couple of weeks, and that's a and that's a priority. So that's first and foremost on that one. Whether that be we have to generate funds. Well, he only got ten minutes yesterday, but you know if we have to sell Roman, they say let's do it. Let's let's get some cash in. Let's get some money for the boy. Also Fleming as well. And then let's just reinvest into the squad and really work on that one. In relation to the game, mate, um, I'm I'm, I'm seething because the game itself, leading up to it, was all played into our hands to say that we were going to win, and I mean that by looking at from Tuesday night when Borough got a result against Chelsea, and I'm thinking, great, so they've got a focus, they've got a second leg semi-final to have more of a focus on, and so, you know, are they going to rest their players? Are the, pre- are the players going to sort of, you know, not put 100% effort into it? Well, 100% they will, because they don't want to get injured. It was like when uh, we were in the 2004 FA Cup Final. As soon as we got there, God, Jesus, our form just slipped, and no seeing the players, they just didn't want to get injured. So... That annoyed me. The fact that they arrived up late, late kickoff, they were going to be, you know, all their plans are thrown out the window because of, um, because of the traffic. We were ready to go. It was good to catch them early, and we did. To be fair, we scored, which after ten minutes was great. We caught them on the cold, and we should have capitalised. So it was playing into our hands really. Um, this, this game even before kickoff. And then the actual game itself, I thought we played really well, mate. I, I mean, this is what annoys me. I, we played really, really well. I was I was enjoying the game, I, you know. And if there's one thing I can't stand, is other fans of, of our club need to understand this is modern day football. Man, the people around me moaning, oh, this is shit, this is shit, this is shit. They need to, they need to, they need to, uh, really truthfully just hold on to themselves and just realise that modern day football nowadays is about possessional play and building up. So please, get behind that team, get behind the project, and if you don't, and you enjoy watching long ball football, go to lower league football, because at the end of the day, this is modern football and this is how it's going. And I'm sorry to say that, but you need to have a little bit of a, a reality check, please. As I said, I think Joe Bryan became the uh, hero and villain yesterday. Great goal, great finish, but then two mistakes by him led to two goals. First one, he didn't track the the runner after Cooper came out to the left, and the second one with that very soft head header, which led the other lad on. And to be fair, we was pushing for the for the equaliser, and we conceded a third. Is that's just football. As I said at the beginning, mate, I think it's all about we need to really invest in the club, uh, into the team. We need to really strengthen in numbers because we have got, in my opinion, two games next up, QPR and Preston, which are absolute six-pointers, just so that we can get a bit more comfortable in the league. And I say that because I look further afield and the likes of Hull away, Coventry away, Ipswich at home, southampton away all in the month of february it's definitely a really hard hard fixture list coming up so come on you lions let's see if we can uh, get the checkbook out and if we have to pay uber eats bill to do that so be it
2: a little bit of editing right at the end there matt did you notice that um for legal reasons my legal advisor which is the angel that sits on my left shoulder said just take out that name nick so i did um but yeah I make you right um obviously uh get behind the project. i, I think you are spot on there I, I would recommend everyone to come and sit in the group on stand with me because you don't hear any moaning up there you hear the you hear a tower of babel of a babel of, of um, european and, and uh, various languages but you will not hear any moaning because um, it's mostly sold out with uh, the, the weekend the crowd, um, but yeah, get behind the project. I th- this the price of modern football, and you can see where it's trying to go because there were some beautiful moves. And as I've said a few times, albeit the result wasn't what we wanted, but the modern football involves not giving the ball away cheaply and get it forwards to the big striker up front is is a style that is no longer going to work in the modern game because other teams work out that rapidly. And um, you know, beat us on on the counter hit. And if you want evidence, exhibit A for that was the latter day stages of Neil Harris's reign, where you know the the style that um, took us up from League One and which uh, we've all been uh, conditioned and brought up with at Millwall to to love. You know, long ball, direct football um, was was shown up badly, um, and that's that's how it finishes. So yeah, we we have to move at times, and. Um, get yourself in a group on stand mate. you know get away from the moaning mate ramone SA. yeah saw him briefly didn't we saturday um who knows who knows i, I don't know um i don't make any claims to being in the know and uh, no one tells me anything from the club so i don't know whether there's any prospect of a deal there and if it if there is and it generates money then you can see across the squad, the need to strengthen and reinforce. That's all all I'm going to say on it. Make you right about Queen's Park Rangers and Preston are six-pointers too, Matt. The big game's looming. Next up is going to be Jim Hackett, followed by Rob Abbott. So take it away, Jim.
9: Morning, Nick. Jim Hackett. Uh, Just a quick comment about yesterday's game. As much as it was disappointing to lose the game, I do think the performance itself showed how far we've come in, in a relatively short time. I think nobody now is looking down or thinking about relegation and getting drugged into that fight at all. I think if we can carry on playing the way we're playing, taking our chances and uh, hopefully getting players back from the injury table, then I think we'll be fine. And I think just looking at that yesterday, I'm more positive now than I've been for a while because I think even with injuries, the system is playing seems to be... uh, inclusive of everybody. As players are coming in, they're just joining straight into it. So I uh, was okay with the performance. Obviously, the result was was disappointed. I don't think it was a 3-1 game at all. If anything, it could have ended up as a draw. And I think we'd have still been disappointed with that, but we'd have accepted it because of the way we're playing. I think Danny Matt coming back in, I uh, was really happy for him that he he seemed to get in there. He wasn't asked to do all the forward stuff that he would do as a wing back. And and possibly get criticised for. He just defended, and he defended well, and he covered across when he had to. And I thought he had a really solid game. And if anything, I'd probably give him man of the match. But I have to say the whole team played well. What more? full of energy. Unfortunately, he didn't have the finishing touch yesterday. But the chances he creates, he creates for himself. And it'd be very hard to to look at him. And I think there's a, a problem there. But I think he he along with everybody else played their part yesterday. Longman. Again, comes in for criticism, did really well yesterday, had that lad on toast, and he put enough balls into the box for us to try and get something out of. And Overall, like I say, I'm very pleased with the performance and the style of play we've got now. There is a a, a route of looking at it and saying, we know what we're getting now. And I think, hopefully, we're at the point now where he just does need to add one or two players to that because we can't keep this squad fit and... We haven't got enough players to replace the good ones who go out. And unfortunately, it, it does take its toll. And it took its toll yesterday. You can see, see we were blowing the second half, and there wasn't really a lot on the bench to come on. And those that did, I thought, did okay. I mean, Casper all coming back is a, a great lift for everybody, and it's going to be really interesting. Now Savil's going to be back. Who does he put in that central midfield place? Because honeymoon can't get dropped. I thought Billy played probably his best game yesterday. And, you know, we've now got all those riches we have in the centre of midfield. He's got to get the right blend and he's got to get the right two in there or three in there, whichever you want to put it. So, overall, yesterday, very happy with the the way we're playing. As I say, not looking downwards anymore. I think that there's a positive vibe about it. I saw an interview with Edwards where he was saying exactly that. It's all right coming off saying how well we've played, but somewhere along the line, it's the points that matter. And... And if we can combine the performance with the points, then I think we'll be fine. And hopefully next week against QPR, we'll we'll get back on that road of uh, digging points out and, and winning games and and playing comfortably and looking good. So for me, I'm OK on a Sunday morning, despite the fact we lost. And I've uh, lost a tenner to a Middlesbrough mate of mine. But I can swallow that. So good luck, everybody. See you next week at QPR. Come on, you Lions.
10: Morning Nick, Rob Abbott here, uh, so, 30 minutes there, we were absolute brilliant, uh, the football we were playing was superb, entertaining, but we just weren't clinical enough, Cooper has to score that to make it 2-0 and then who knows, could be a different game, uh, to let Middlesbrough back into the game, poor defending for the first goal, I think mean, Joe Bryan is caught well out of position there uh, and then he's made a howler for the second, but, That second killed the game, Uh, we looked dead on our feet after that, but I'm sure most of your callers will be saying it's the same thing, we need some bodies in this football club uh, to to, to keep going. I think I'm always optimistic and always looking up, still only eight points to the playoffs, but I quite happily take a a mid-table finish this year, plan the the way we are under Edwards and then give him this window and and the summer and then let's look to to push on from there. Look, compared to Rowett, it is entertaining to watch, and uh, onwards and upwards.
2: Big thank you, Rob, and before him, um, a positive sounding Jim Hackett, which is good stuff. Um, I do agree with um, Rob, we do need signings. We've said that quite a few times across the show, Um, and I think it was evident Saturday as to how thin the squad has got. Got thinner again this afternoon with the loaning out of um, Nino Adam Malaki. so one can only presume Is that too naive to presume, dear listeners, that we've got some deals lined up to come in? We have to have something soon, because we're going to be playing with possibly me out there soon, listeners, um, in the uh, kind of a stopgap central defensive role. As long as it don't involve any running around, I'll be fine. Um, Big thank you to Rob, and before Rob, to, to Jim Hackett. Uh, Let's finish off the show now, two two, um, calls on the spin. Show regulars, Angelo Miliotto and then we'll finish with Ben Anthony.
11: Hello, Nick. Um, Angelo here, mate. Um, Just a couple of words about today. Um, Obviously, I hate, hate Millwall losing games, but I've got to say that first 35 minutes is probably the best football I've seen us play in absolute years, mate. And that's with half of our um first team missing. So, mate, I am so happy in a way, gutted we lost, but I'm happy that we are we have got the right guy in charge. There's no two ways about it, mate. You know, I was saying to my son, the first thirty-five minutes, it's just different leagues to what the football we was playing with Rowick, do you know what I mean? Um, it was brilliant, mate. Absolutely brilliant. And uh, we just got to be a bit more ruthless up front. We need strikers. Nisbet <laughs> doesn't get many chances. You know, everyone's giving him pelters on social media. But did the guy have one clear chance today? I don't think so. Unfortunately, all the chances went to Watmore, and he just took t- one too many touches instead of just fucking going for goal. He wants. He wants to keep checking back. You know, he's just got to keep shooting. Um, I would love to see them, chan- the chances that Watmore creates, I'd love to see them chances going to Nisbet see if he can finish them, but yeah, we, we need some reinforcements, but positives, Cuffey looks like he's fit, Wallace was on the bench, Denor is back, we've got Saville coming back, bad news about Bradshaw's going to be out for four or five weeks, that's a bummer, but anyway, the most important thing today was them first 35 minutes today, we are only going to keep getting better, That was the best football I've seen for a long time. So, you know, well done to Joe Edwards on on, on the coaching so far. Um, And um, let's see if we can um, get get back to winning ways at QPR next week. All right, Nick.
12: Have a good night, mate. Come on, you Lions. Hello, Nick. Hello, listeners. Ben Anthony here. Calling in after the 2-1 loss to Middlesbrough, which... On one hand is another defeat at the Den, and and that's disappointing. I know that I did, I don't know if everyone heard, there was some boos at the end of the game, and I thought that was a bit harsh, because I thought the other hand, which was particularly that first half an hour of the game, I thought we were, we were excellent. It was some of the best football we've played this season was in that game. Uh, moving the ball uh, patiently, uh, yes, lots of it across the back line, but waiting for that little bit of movement, that little spark, which then triggered a really quick attacking move. And it, it was a system that you could see Edwards has been trying to implement. And it was it was starting to work, I thought, yesterday. And that led to the uh, what was an excellent first goal. I thought Fleming uh, in the first half was, was an improvement and was uh, starting to create that link between the kind of possession... At the back and, and moving it forward into attack and I thought uh, he, he was working well with Watmore who was absolutely super game for me so yeah I, I saw some really positive signs in that game I think where we f- fell down obviously there was a couple of individual defensive errors and each time that led to a goal uh, which it has been a pattern of the season and it's something that still needs to be worked on and cut out uh, because that 's cost us too many points this season already, and it cost us another one or potentially three yesterday uh, and i I just think the the weaknesses in the squad because of an injury bit of an injury crisis and just because of the the sort of personnel we 've got it just started to to come through and we weren 't able to maintain that level and after sixty minutes I thought they looked a bit shot and a bit lost. And yeah, I think that's that's a, a clear sign that we need a few reinforcements, whether it's, you know, a couple of loans or a one buy and one loan or whatever it is, just to bulk up the squad a little bit. We've we've been really unfortunate. We've been hit with a significant number of of injuries in a very short period of time. But but at Millwall we should be used to that because a lot of our players are very injury prone and How many seasons in a row have we had a major injury crisis? Um, I think back to to sort of across throughout Rowett's era. um, There was the the young, I forget his name now, but the 16-year-old that was brought on purely because we didn't have any other players left. And looking at the bench yesterday, the players that we brought on were the only ones that have made any kind of senior appearances. So... Yeah, we we're a bit lacking in in squad depth, and I think that's something that that can be addressed in this window. Uh, and hopefully, the 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 confidence will still be there because I thought the performance was was decent. Uh, I don't think it deserved booing, and uh, I think the the players should should take some heart in that and work on cutting out those defensive mistakes. And yeah, I think we're in a, a better position than we have been. And one final point is, whatever, you know, we've won recently, we, we've, we've lost a couple of games recently, we've drawn a few games, but whatever we've done, um, it's been a while since we've we've needed to say that the football's boring. It's not boring. And uh, that's, that's a, a real sign of encouragement for me because I'm enjoying going back to the den. All right, that's it for me. Come on, you Lions. Booze at the end
2: of the game? I, I didn't hear that, Ben. Um, I've got to be honest. I was that cold by the end of the the match. Normally, I'd do a um, you know a, a Twitter uh, final score with some witticism. Um, type it out at the end, but my fingers were so cold, I couldn't even do that. So maybe I don't know if cold affects your ears as well. I didn't hear any booing. I did hear a couple at the end of the first half, which I always think is. Um, I don't know. It's uh, low rent behaviour. But um, I can't see how any Millwall fan can boo at the end of a disappointing result, yes. But as every single caller on this show has said, I've said it myself, you know, the first half saw some really, really good football. Some of the best I've seen, um, as everyone said, you know, in a long time. However far you go back, it's probably as good as any that you've seen. Now, that's got to be stretched out across 90, 90 plus minutes nowadays. Um and that's the project that's that's gotta be undertaken. But I don't see how you can boot at the end of that. Um perhaps that's the perhaps that's the modern fan syndrome. This is I'm gonna close you out now with a little thought that perhaps, you know, the modern FIFA generation have a, a lack of tolerance of what those of us from years gone by and I don't wanna sound like some old git, but you know, a, a toleration for or an acceptance that not everything goes your way all the time. Um, because I can't see how anyone can seriously boo that. As Angelo said, that's some of the best in years, as, as he's put it rightly there, the first 35, 38 minutes. And I do agree with you, Angelo, that we do have the right man in charge. I think that um, the signs are there. The green shoots of recovery. I'll borrow that phrase from the other day. I do think that we're heading in the right direction, and that can only be good news. And... As I think Ben said it there, as I was walking back to the the train station on uh, on Saturday, despite having lost and lost um, you know a couple of really silly goals to a couple of silly errors, um, I was I was looking forward to going back to Millwall next next time I can. And it's been a long while really since I can seriously seriously say that. So um, yeah, there we are. This we're going to close you now late late message this is a stop press message from john rankin before i do before i play out with john we've got two punditgames.co.uk questions that's the number one football trivia game punditgames.co.uk great birthday present dear listeners if you're looking to buy a board game for the football head in your life or if you just want to get together a few of the chaps over the summertime have a few beers about perhaps something a little bit more um you know Sophisticated, perhaps drop a drop of Pinot Grigio or something like that on a Sunday afternoon. Get the pundit games out, and it will be endless fun. Your wives will love listening to these football trivia game uh, questions. Um, but I'll give you take t- 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 give you a little taster earlier on, didn't I? A little, little tempter. Two questions, two World Cup questions. First one is one of football's most bizarre moments: Luis Suarez turned into Ica Casillas in. Uh, ...the 2010 quarterfinal... um, ...taking the match to extra time in penalties... ...the striker who was known as El Loco... ...took the decisive spot kick in that game... ...scoring an audacious Panenka... ...El Loco, who was he... ...played for 31 clubs in 11 different countries... ...across his career... ...he was Sebastian Abreu... ...Abreu... ...Sebastian Abreu, Uruguayan player... ...and the other question which... uh, ...was another World Cup question... ...a big Dutchman who conceded a penalty... In the 5-1 win uh, for Holland over Spain in 2014. So this was the opening goal for Spain. Um, Later moved to Italy, uh, to Lazio, and then on to Inter Milan. That defender was Stefan De de Vrij. I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that. Perhaps Ian Fleming can come on the show sometime and correct my Dutch. Stefan de Vrij. Um, so there we are punditgames.co.uk terrific ball game do check it out dear listeners every sale if you select Akhtong Mewal at the checkout generates a donation to the Lions Food Hub which is terrific so there we are we're going to close the show today thank you for listening dear listeners I'm going to close out now with John Rankin uh, we'll be back after the Queen's Park Rangers fixture on Saturday. Until then, from me, Nick Hart, thank you for listening. Vote Achtung in the in the sports podcast. I was gonna stick a little link on this show. I meant to do it the other day. They asked me to do a little promotional video to try and generate votes and I was gonna do it Saturday, but I was so damnably cold, dear listeners, that I could not be asked. So I'm gonna need your votes. If I can't be asked doing that on Saturday, I need you to vote for me instead in the warmth of your living room. Or the uh, whichever Riviera you're, you're haunting out there around the world. So um, visit the link on the on the show notes if you can do. It. I'll be eternally obliged if we can get placed against some of the big names we're up against. Then I shall um, probably uh, well, I might expire with happiness. But there we are. Uh, so this is finished now with John Rankin. Until next edition of uh, Acton Millwall, Arriba Dirty Millwall.
13: Bye for now. Hi Nick. Hi listeners. John Rankin here. Just calling him after the um, home defeat, another home defeat at the den. Um, Talk about a game of two halves, or a game of 38 minutes, actually. Um, I mean, when we came out, we looked good. We were, I love, you know, I mean, I I said in my last voicemail, I love seeing Millwall win, I do, I mean, I don't care how we win, but I I do like possession-based football, I must admit that. It just makes me feel comfortable. Um, I like it when we've got the ball and the other team haven't. I think that, to my mind, very simplistic way of playing football and looking at football, if we've got the ball, they can't score. Um, And also, they've got to run around and try and get it off us, which makes them tired, which makes gaps open up, and then which allows us the opportunity to score. Um, And that's what we did for the first 38 minutes of the first half. I thought we played them off the park, to be honest with you. We looked comfortable at the back. I was watching, uh, obviously, I was sitting in a cold-blow end. I was watching Sarkic and Wes Arling and Cooper and Danny Mack, you know, knock it around at the back. And uh, it was great. But Mitchell would come down, pick the ball up, try and go forward, if not, back to them, and, you know, play the ball around. And we had them moving around. We moved, as Gary Rout used to say, we moved the other team around, which is great to see. And, um, you know, it was a good move, opened up. And, uh, you know, Joe Bryan scored a fantastic goal. Then it all went downhill from there. <laughs> I've never seen such a fucking shit show, to be honest with you. Um, I've never seen such a shit show defensively. I mean, what the fuck was going on with that goal? I thought the referee had blown the whistle. I seriously thought the referee had blown the whistle and Middlesbrough were just fucking around putting it in the back of the net. I've never seen such a fucking absurd way for a defence to handle themselves. I mean, you know. We've driven all the way up from the south coast, right, to watch that defensive display of fucking shite. Then, to add insult to injury, Joe Bryan, supposed to be a premiership player, nods it through for Isaiah Jones to uh, finish the job off. And then from there, it was obvious they were going to score again, because we needed to put someone up front other than Kevin Nisbet. Who can't punch his way out of the fucking paper bag, if you ask me, um, to score a goal? So freezing me bollocks off, sitting in my car with me boy in Mercury Way, thinking, "Fuck you now! What is going on?" Um, I don't know what to make of it. Uh, bipolar, me war, not it? You know, one minute you're up, one minute you're down. Come on, you lions!